calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sure, blimey, apples and pears, governors. We've only gone and done another one of those there podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> haven't we, though? It's Friday afternoon. I think we're all in a particularly good mood, um, all of us being in this particular instant. Chris Tilly. Hello. And Dan Cooper. Hello. And me, my name is Stuart Reed, and it's very, very nice to be back amongst both of you listeners. Um, so we are podcasting for the very first time in our brand new studio, which is incredibly exciting. Is it, it soundproof? Kind of. Sorry? Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it like Magneto's prison in if X-Men 2? It's more can't hear a prostitute screaming. Oh, that's what, we, that's what we put in the spec. Yeah. It's very pretty in here, though. It's really cool. And we've um, got a huge green screen, which is very exciting. Yep. So you're going to, unfortunately, on the site, if you visit that there IGN, you're going to see lots more of our ugly mugs. Yeah. And, We're gonna and body parts. Ramp oh, yeah. up the videos. But exciting plans afoot. Exciting meetings happening about getting exciting people in here to do exciting Basically, things. Yeah, I I, we've, we've mentioned it in the past, but this new studio means that if you watch IGN like live that um, Greg, Colin, Damon do out the States, what you did at Comic-Con as well, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to do that stuff right here from IGN's London office. So we're going to get loads of really exciting, cool people in the office doing yeah. weird what, things. What would people like to see us doing on video? That's or actually that a, a dan- really good question. Or is that a dangerous question? What would is you like da- to see me and Daniel do on video? Yeah. What would you like to do with celebrities when we get them in the office. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, Chris, Who you're, would you like? you're, you're a big fan of live streaming. Yeah, I like doing the live stuff. I yeah. think it's fun, especially when we can get some interaction going with you the guys guests. out there. Oh, you yeah. can send us in questions for them, their celebs. Well, there you, go. you know what? We can we, make it happen. The, the thing we've been discussing about that we really want to do is, is some sort of crazy weekend start to the weekend live thing extravaganza oh, yeah more, yeah i don't know if it's a goer because it's logistics and you know naysayers but i, I want to basically do soccer am but for video games and films i'm thinking more like number 73 yes which yeah. will date many of our do you not know what you're saying reference. what's that what is it it's like an old version of going live okay which, which is like an old version <laughs> of <laughs> no ledman's multicolored swap <laughs> shop which is an old version of which well, they don't have anymore now. You've just got Saturday Kitchen and stuff. There's and no more what, kids. YouTube. How are kids supposed to learn from YouTube. that? YouTube. That's what you've got instead now. We could be that. We could be that tube on you. I want to get some <laughs> feedback on whether I, I'd like to do something a bit like Babe Channel, 
with yeah. me just taking calls and just you know having a talk chat to, to people. Talk, talk to Chris <laughs> every night. Um, IGN, <laughs> at, IGN at midnight, you get a sexy 10-minute preview. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just, just Chris Tilly talking about Man of Steel. I could talk Ooh. about Avengers uh, with my shirt off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we could do that. Wow. We could do that. Good. I think, is that the new feature? Chris interviews people without his shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> that's the new, that's the new video series we're selling. Can we, can, we, can we get you doing this after a gig when you're really pissed and really sweaty and you just go up to someone, all right, mate, yeah. I'm going to interview you now live. <laughs> Your yeah. last film. Well, I think we, the Chris that we get to see when maybe a few beers and you get a bit edgy, you're, you're shit. I very rarely get edgy just during Pixar quizzes <laughs> when people are annoying me at the Pixar quiz. <laughs> doing the Pixar quiz, the most kind of serene, nice quiz you could do. Chris getting quite, quite lurry. It's because I knew we couldn't win, so I thought I needed to mix things but up a bit. you're sort of actively sabotaging our chances to win. <laughs> we did um, a pitch around where one of the fish we had to identify do you want to say what you maybe called the fish? The very happy fish. No, it? it was degrading to the fish. So we didn't get we didn't get it we didn't get it right anyway. No. Um, so that's it for this week's podcast. That's <laughs> it. Yes. Thanks for listening. Brilliant. Now come on, we must have some news, Stuart. Something well, big happened. Something didn't big it? happened at seven about seven twenty-five last Sunday, didn't it? On BBC Television, both yeah. here and in America. After twenty-five minutes of rubbish ending. After fucking Zoe Ball blarting on like a big twat. How did they get her well, into I just it? So this is the announcement of the Doctor. The doctor. <laughs> oh, you've spoiled it now. Oh, shit. You've spoiled it. I was building up to oh, that. I was going to do 25 minutes of absolute <laughs> shit, and then I was going to announce <laughs> the fact they announced the new Doctor Who. Zoe Ball, Rufus Hound. The kid from Outnumbered. The kid from Outnumbered. <laughs> he's a terrible. Who I saw on Oxford Street earlier this week, and he's quite tall. Is he? Yeah. Uh, Lisa Tarbuck. Yeah, a few people <laughs> that... Pr- Felt like they hadn't seen the show before. Bruno Tonioli. <laughs> that, was, that was strange. That but was strange. Our American listeners are kind of going, who the fuck oh, are no, any no, of these no, people? No, he's massive. He's in big America. in the States. Yeah, but I don't think Lisa Tarbuck. I mean, she's big all over, but, you know. Um, <laughs> this Rufus Hound, he's an idiot. Why yeah, do they have Rufus Hound on? I fucking love you've had a long-term standing hatred of Rufus Hound. <laughs> but didn't he? Until he's he, on next week. He got yeah. it wrong. Yeah, he got he, it He completely... Balls what, what did he say? He? Bernie Eccleston. I think he said some. He, he got the. He got. Um, he didn't say Christopher Eccleston. Stephen Moffat wrong or something, didn't he? He was talking about the writer, I think, and he called him Chris. He said the writer was Christopher Eccleston. Something like that. Yeah. He, he got. He got it massively wrong. Yeah. Um. I got. I was getting shushed all through that because I was at a party. Do you know the legendary horror film critic Kim Newman? Yes. I was at his legendary uh, summer party. I got invited for the first time. Mm. And so the nature of the people there, everyone went in the living room to watch that. And we were just, we were all a bit pissed and taking the piss out of such a terrible TV show. Yeah. But I kept getting told off. Who was telling you off, can you say? Some strange couple behind me. Shush! Really? <laughs> How can you take this seriously? I mean, I'll, I shut up when Peter Capaldi came out. I just thought it was... Oh, was it Peter Capaldi? Oh, fuck. Oh, now you've done it. Is it? Yeah, apparently so. Um, what do we think? Should we talk about the Doctor Who? Yeah. I was actually <laughs> going to talk about the announcement cool. and where we all were when we heard the news. <laughs> it's like the Kennedys. That there, that there Kim Newman, though. Do you not think he looks like a, 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 an ever so slightly younger of the bloke who used to do the Channel 4 racing? Oh, yeah, John McCurrick. John McCurrick, yeah. Well, he looks like he could be Doctor Who. Yeah, definitely. He wishes. <laughs> he wishes. So Peter Capaldi, then. You, you, if you've heard of him before, it's because you've heard of him because he's an amazing swearer. He is an, yeah. a, an Academy Award winner as well. Yeah, no less. Yeah, he's won an Academy Award. He won an Academy Award for directing a short film. Ah, 
back in Alt Five, I think that was, was it. Wasn't Franz it? Kafka's It's yeah, Wonderful it's Life. A, yeah, mm. I, I've, I've seen it. That's I amazing. It won an Academy Award. Yeah, I remember he directed a film when I was a kid. I remember reading about an Empire. It was called Soft Top Hard Shoulder or something. It was a road movie that he wrote and directed. Mm. So he's, he's wasn't very been good. around for a long time. Yeah, he has worked in, in all. Lo- was he in Local Hero? Was he in Local Hero? Is he in Local Hero? I'll check that while we're talking. Okay, keep good talking. film. That but he was um he was the front runner. All the way through, people kept saying Peter Capaldi. For the last few weeks, yeah, yeah. definitely. Build yeah. up a lot of momentum. So what, what should we chat about? Do we think he's a good choice? Uh, it's an interesting choice because they've, they've shied away from the slightly heart-throbby, younger, Which one direction last... sort of Doctor Who. Yeah. Which, so um, another guy rumoured on Sunday night that um, came from nowhere was a guy called Daniel Rigby, who, I don't know if you know him, but if you look at a picture of him, he... It looks like a natural progression from Matt Smith. It's not. It wouldn't be a brave choice, mm. but Capaldi is a brave choice, I guess. I think so. We're going to get more uh, a Doctor Who more like we had in the nineteen seventies. Mm. I think with with Capaldi. What's that? So like refreshment. I'm not a big Doctor Who fan. So what would you characterize? <laughs> I think it's going to be more of a kind of Pertwee Baker feel. And what I would like to see is. What do you mean? What? I, I, don't, sure? I don't know what I'm saying because I don't know Doctor Who. Like, right. what, what does Have you that never mean? seen any of the kind of Pertwee no, Baker? No, not really. So what, what you, like, many people listen to this they might were, only well, know New Who. So. I think New Who. Yeah. <laughs> New Who. Yeah. I think they're darker. But he's, he's not as... I think he's a more complex character in the, in the 70s. He's, uh, but the thing is that there's only... Obviously, he'll bring a performance and... I guess it changes the mentality of the writers, but in a way it shouldn't. They're still writing Doctor Who. Do you know what I mean? I like, do know what It's you the mean. same person. And the character, certain character traits change slightly, but mm. the last two Doctors in my head really Fairly quite interchangeable. Sick, quite interchangeable yeah. in personalities. Mm. Well, he'll be more like Eccleston, won't he? It was very it was serious. More, more of very a serious, intense. Yeah. yeah, intense. And so it will totally change the relationship as well between him and the companion. Yeah, a little bit, because weren't they... Getting a little bit close. I don't know. I stopped watching. Getting a bit frisky. <laughs> Did you? I yeah. Know. I think that, yeah, there was a, there's a bit of a... Tension. A frisson. But you know what? An, an older man and a younger woman could also have, you know, relations. It's yeah, not you against keep the trying law. that. And, and one day you'll say yes. <laughs> or it might be more like a father-daughter relationship that they kind of move into. Home. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess what's going to happen is there, there'll be this whole kind of melding of the John Hurt Doctor Who with... Uh, the Matt Smith Doctor Who, and then at the end of it, we'll get the new Doctor Who, yeah? Yep. Right, which kind of makes sense then. So not as old as John Hurt, not as young as Matt Smith, somewhere in the middle, gives mm. you Peter Capaldi. Yeah, and I, I, I've got to be honest, I like it. I'm glad they've gone in a different direction. They keep reinventing it. Yeah. It keeps it's, it's it fresh a, and interesting. Oh, you know what would be really cool, I think, if it attracts some new writers to the show? Because there have been lots of famous writers in recent years. Like Richard Curtis, Neil Gaiman's done a couple of episodes now. It'd be great if they attracted people like... Armando Iannucci, Sam Baines, Jesse Armstrong, those kind of people. Steve Coogan. Charlie Brooker. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Brooker, Brooker, who works in sci-fi now. He writes sci-fi. Yeah. Great sci-fi. Jonathan Ross. Ross. Jane Goldman. All these people. Do them all. And can we have longer longer seasons? Well, not longer seasons, but longer episodes. Episode I arcs. Think, I think that's I really, really want episode think, arcs um, back. I think a Sherlock kind of 90 minute would be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. It won't happen, will it? They're gonna. They're gonna. The, surely the, they're, the, they're gonna. The Christmas special's feature length, isn't it? This year, the fifth yes. Yeah, I think it is. I think it might be ninety minutes. I guess if yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like it's working for them at the moment. But 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 saying that, like this season was, 
in the second half of the season was received, but it had quite mixed reviews. That's the mm. one I didn't really watch, yeah. yeah. The Christmas special issue is going to be a little bit different then, because it, over the last few years, the Christmas special has been very much a sop to Christmas, and it's been yes, a bit it? wet and not particularly mm. I, I was quite disappointed with this year, because I thought those um, vicious snowmen were actually going to be really good, and they actually... They were only in the first five minutes, ten mm. minutes, and then it's kind of dried away. Dried away? <laughs> Evaporated. Melted. Melted. What? <laughs> what I, fucked, I fucked my snowman metaphor. What, what do you do for a living? Um, I don't get coffee for you. Pretty much. So a 90-minute episode of Doctor Who to introduce us to Peter Capaldi. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was a cool choice. Well done. Good move, BBC. Well done, BBC. Dear BBC, well done. That's my points of view. Yeah. Now, is this a good? Do we say well done to Xbox for this bit of news, Daniel? I think it's. Well I've done basically I've included this in just because Xbox One have done another one of their reversals. They changed their mind about what? So originally you weren't going to get a, a chat headset if you bought an Xbox One because Microsoft said, "Ah, oh, the new Kinect we've built that's good enough to, to be used for chatting in games." Uh, now, um, on their blog, Xbox put up a uh, video showing an unboxing of the new Xbox One, and they revealed in that video that all um, chat headsets will come with the Xbox Ones. I couldn't bring myself to watch that video for some reason. It's, I don't think it was very good unboxing, to be honest. The guy made a bit of a hash of it. I think there's, there's an art to unboxing. It wasn't Rufus Hound, was it? <laughs> no. Just checking. So what do you think, then? Well, good. You should put it in. <laughs> That's what <laughs> it's, she said. It's a, it's a bit of kit that you need. Yeah. So, yeah, put it in the box. And that won't change the price. It's go, yeah, it's going up. <laughs> it's, go, it's going up um, £50. Is it? No, it's not. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. so, ah. It's the least they could put in, was that? And also, with, with that, we're putting in a webcam as well. Because, you know, Connect kind of does it, but not as well as a webcam. Imagine if they said that. <laughs> they kept, <laughs> it was hilarious. quite else. Quite good. They were unboxing it, and they went, "Oh, and and you get a sticker." It's like I fucking hope I get a sticker. I'm paying for you. You get a sticker. The f- you're not Apple. Come on. <laughs> they are Apple, Steve. Are they? They're trying. To be Just really getting hard. Oh, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work. Is it? Has it made? Has that addition? Yeah, I'll, of, of I'll pre ordered now. Pre ordered, yeah. Pre ordered now. As soon as you worried. heard the stick, they like, had you at stick. I just basically, I'm inherently lazy and I couldn't be bothered putting something else in my shopping basket. <laughs> um, no, it was fine. I just think, you know, that what? makes sense. They realised it makes sense to put it in. Oh, why though? I, I just. So, so you can chat to the people in the games. But what isn't. Why? Well, well I always what? think that I never really. Obviously, the service wasn't on par with the with Xbox Live. But one of the reasons I didn't chat to anyone, I don't still don't chat to anyone on PS3, is it because it didn't come with a headset. Is it? Yeah. That's the reason? Yeah. Not because you're socially awkward? Yeah. What? Hey? Who? I didn't know. Uh, what? Uh, I, I'm trying to understand what your facial expressions represent, but I can't. <laughs> I, I can't even, I can't look straight today. I, I had eye drops in earlier and they've done something strange to me. Why did you have eye drops? To have my eyes looked at, I have to have my eyes looked at and poked around with, because my eyes are all fucked. You've so got little tiny eyes, haven't you? I've got really small. If you eyes. take away your glasses, you've got. Have you ever small. seen Stu's tiny small. eyes, Chris? Tiny eyes, look. Yeah. It's like that um, <laughs> reason Mortimer thing, like tiny eyes. Have you ever seen that? I can't remember it. 
tiny eyes. I remember Reeves and Mortimer with having doing Jeff Lynn trying to trying to touch two flies with with the same end <laughs> of, a, of a piece of wood. I feel that we may have wandered. Somewhat. Who, Chris Tilly? Who is going to play Lex Luthor? In I've got no bloody idea, to be honest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so goodbye, everybody. So I guess there's there's going to be rumours circulating until it gets announced. I mean, it's not even been confirmed that Luther will be in the movie, but I think we're all assuming he will. Mm. Um, Digital Spy asked Mark Strong, and he replied, all I can say is, watch this space. Brilliant. <laughs> so um, so I guess the rumours are going to surround every bald actor in Hollywood, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, not that quite he, a few of them. Not that he has to be bald, because obviously <laughs> Gene Hackman wasn't bald. <laughs> imagine like, the, like an amazing actor. Oh, we want him to play Lex Luthor. But he's got hair. <laughs> Go back to the drawing board. My first ever interview that I did, conducted as a professional journalist, was with, was with Michael Rosenbaum, <laughs> who plays Lex Luthor in Smallville. And I didn't recognise him. In, we were meeting in a bar. I didn't recognise him in the bar because he had hair. <laughs> he looked so different because I'd only ever seen him bald. And, yeah, and what he told you was, actually, he doesn't shave his head for the, for the TV show. It's all in the performance. Yeah. And if you actually go back and rewatch Smallville and you pause it, he's got a full head of he's hair. Full head it's, of hair. it's the way he does it. It's yeah. the way he plays it's Luther. amazing, isn't Ted, it? Well, Ted Danson did that his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, I think that there's a groundswell of um, support for Brian Cranston. Well, there would be, wouldn't there? Who, again, isn't bald, but plays bald. But can be. He's, sh- he's shown it. Again, he's versatile. I mean, yeah, I think we're all agreed that he's amazing, and that would be a fantastic choice, wouldn't it? Well, I think it's the darkness that he goes to, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Because you've, n- you've not had that. Or I think Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey in House of Cards... That performance, not the didn't, one he hang did. On, didn't oh, I that's see. That's one. That's right, the point okay, of making yeah. it. That, yeah. that is one of my biggest disappointments was his performance in that movie. Yeah, you know, the film was, uh, was okay. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but just Kevin Spacey should have been such a great Lex Luthor. He's born I, to yeah, play he that still role. Could be, yeah, like, and I think House of Cards shows yeah. that side to him that he could have done that performance or something akin to that. Because mm. um, Luthor is a bit of a joke in the Donner movies. Like, he's, oh, it's terrible, he's a terrible. Hack, yeah, the the world's most evil genius. Just he's a clown. He's well, he surrounds himself with idiots. That yeah. the, the greatest criminal mind of our time would not have Otis on the payroll. No. Um, so, who would you guys want to see playing? Cranston is a good call. Mm. Yeah, I think somebody considerably older, like than. Superman. I'm not. I'm not you? shaving. I'm not shaving. <laughs> Patrick <laughs> Stewart. <laughs> not old. Just not just because he's bald. Vin Diesel. The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if they yeah. said they cast The Rock. Jason Statham. Um, wow. One person, I, I, I listen to Kevin Smith's podcast sometimes. Is it better than this? Uh, sometimes. Depends how stoned he is. <laughs> um, he now starts the podcast by telling you what strain of weed he's smoking. Wow. That's how he kicks it off, which is crazy, really. Okay. Um, so he's very vocal about hating a specific actor he worked with, and he talks about it a lot. And yet he was saying he thinks the guy would be brilliant in Lex Luthor, and that's Bruce Willis. Mm. And I think he would be good because he's got such presence. Yeah. He doesn't play evil very often, but I think he's quite... Because as, as Smith was saying, L- Luthor should be charming as well. He's a brilliant businessman. Yeah, that side to him. Yeah, I can see that. Christian Bale. Bale? <laughs> Go on. Yeah. That would be, I guess, that would be a young Bruce one, Willis, I'm intrigued by that, obviously, 
he's he's having a special time at the moment. <laughs> <Isn't> he? <Yeah. laughs> he's, he's just. I think what's it, happening to him? Is he well, smoking it, the same stuff Kevin Smith? Well, it was smoking. in because Smith talked about it a lot. The bad experience he had on Cop Out because it's because he had a good experience with him on a good day to die hard. They acted together and yeah. they got on, and that's why they worked together on Cop Out. And then he said it was just impossible. And they showed last. Um, well, they talked about last week the horrible Magic FM interview that Bruce Willis did that went yeah. viral. Yeah. And Smith hadn't seen it. He was watching it sort of live on the podcast. He's saying, that's it. That's the Bruce Willis that I had to deal with. Wow. This is what I'm trying to describe. For six months, he just behaved like that. And all through the press tour, he behaved like that. And he said, that's what I had to deal with. Not this, you know, likable movie star. Is it, has Bruce Willis has got to that point in his career where he doesn't have to do the facade anymore. No. Fuck it. No. Fuck it's it. sad though, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's just but if he's actually like that, I'm, it's, yeah. But he'd make a good Lex. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What are we going to talk about now? We're going to stay with the movies, aren't we? Those, they're movies. Yeah. Um, because is it this week that the Lone Ranger? Lone Ranger released? comes out this Friday in the UK. And mm. wow, are we excited about that? Mm, yeah. No, none of us. Is, in fact, I got. I <laughs> got sent. You, you and I, I got, got tickets. Yeah, we got. We had about eight tickets in the office for a preview, and it's you know <laughs> normally when we get tickets like that and everyone wants them and it's you know like gold I, dust normally, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> just couldn't give them away. We couldn't give one away. Not one of our 30 strong uh, crew of people wanted to see Nobody the Nobody in the Rangers. office. Free tickets, Leicester Square. Cleaner just... Why is that? Me. Why is that? Why did no one want to see it? What is the problem with it? Is it... The, I, I, I mean, I saw the trailer and the trailer is... is the trailer just doesn't get your blood pumping I, I, one I, bit. Well, I like The Lone Ranger. I watched The Lone Ranger as a kid mm. on Channel 4 on, I think, on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. I used to watch it quite a lot. I like that. I like the source material. I like Westerns. Um, but you know, for me, it was running time. Seriously, I couldn't. I didn't want to go and watch a two and a half hour movie. And that's probably tied in with my problem of that type of movie. Yeah, yeah. That's tied in with my problem a little bit because um, knowing it was Gore Verbinski, Verbinski and that, Johnny Depp. It's that combination. It's okay. the, the pirate uh, stuff. Yeah. And Every Brookheim single pirates well. movie is too is too long. Also, I have you know, I've, I'm. I think you know, I'm really anti Johnny Depp. Just the last ten years, I've not really liked anything that he's done. Right. And so just watching him go over the top again, I'll, I'll maybe watch it when it comes on the telly. And I might like his tonto, but I'm just a bit tired of his it's shtick. A, that his he, shtick, yeah. It's 149 yeah. minutes. That, it doesn't end... But if that was a 90-minute movie, I, I'd, I, I would go see Brisk it. 90-minute movie. I would go see the 90-minute version of that movie. So it, it bombed in the States. And um, interestingly, former IGN employee uh, Orlando Parfit... Yep. Uh, interviewed Scoop. them. Uh, yeah, Scoop Parfit was interviewing them for <laughs> Yahoo. And that story kind of went around the world because they were all talking about it. He addressed the fact that the movie hadn't done well and they all blamed me. <laughs> they all blamed our critics, saying that uh, the critics reviewed it before it came out. They reviewed the fact that the, it went over budget and it went the schedule went over and it was delayed. And for that reason, they gave it negative reviews and that's why people didn't go and see it. Well, that's just bullshit. It's absolute bull. Because um, you know you have you have entire armies of PR working in film studios to 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 firefight any kind of stories that start like that, and anybody that's worth their salt can get onto a onto a level playing field for that film's release. Yeah, and I also think that, like, look, at, I mean, here's a good case in point: um, Titanic. Titanic was was absolutely co- just really really stamped upon before it was released by critics because it had gone over budget. Because they had to do this whole thing of, of they, they only sh- made one side of the f- ship and then they had to flip it digitally f- to create yeah. the other half. And then they noticed all the, 
all the writing on everybody's caps was all back to front, so they didn't have to change all that. And all stories like this and the budget spiraling out of control, you know, it was, it was absolutely going to be the biggest disaster move, the biggest disaster, the biggest flop we'd ever seen. Mm. And it wasn't. It, wasn't. it just wasn't. It was a also, well, interestingly, um, I could read you some of the quotes, but the, uh, following on from that, Army, Army Hammer, who plays Lone it's, Ranger... He gets a bit of a tangle, doesn't he? Yeah, he says, while we were making it, we knew people were gunning for it. I think it was the popular thing that when the movie hit Rocky Terrain, they just jumped on the bandwagon to try and bash it. They tried to do the same to World War Z, and it didn't work. The movie was successful. Instead, they decided to slit the juggler of our movie. Now, that's a good example, World War Z, because that had a, an even more troubled past mm. and even better known. It was on the cover of Vanity Fair that this film was a disaster waiting to happen. And yet, so, and we wrote about the, you know, all the problems, but then we saw the film and we liked the film and we wrote good reviews and pe the public saw the film, it got good word of mouth and it was a hit. So the point is, if you make a good movie, you can, you can get beyond that. Titanic sure. is, a, is, you well, know, is a good uh, movie. Also, I think they're giving basically critics too much credit and, to, and, and ascribing them too much kind of power and influence yeah. because so critics have taken down that movie but critics gave terrible reviews to the last three Pirates of the Caribbean movies yep. the last three Transformers movies yep. and they've taken taken loads and loads of money yeah. so th those kind of movies are critic proof yep. critics I think come and play some degree of um, importance when it's smaller movies movies you're on the fence about seeing those mm. are the moments where decisions are you know, swung in a different way. There is something fundamentally unlovable about this version of The Lone Ranger, isn't there? There's just something that you are automatically it's, it's hard against. It's hard because we haven't seen it. Yeah. But I agree, yeah, the, the, tra the trailers didn't do the job. It just looked like it's been there, done that, yeah. not interested in seeing it again. It didn't seem to be bringing much new to the table. Um, I think there might be a problem with that guy, Army Hammer, as well. I'm not sure he's the movie star they want him to be. He, he looks like a movie star. He does, yeah. and he was good. But there's a lot of guys that look like movie no. stars, and he was good in... Um, Social Network. Social Network, but just, you know, it didn't get me excited. That's not a lead role, is it? No. No, and, it, you know, no. before it was... Uh, uh, they were talking about George Clooney playing Lone Ranger for a long time, and mm. maybe he'd be a more interesting Lone Ranger. Like, this guy just doesn't seem to cut it, I don't think. I think maybe we're lucky he didn't... He was was he Batman or Superman? He was up for Batman in the aborted JLA movie a few yeah. years ago. Like I think no, he was Batman. like he was I think there are pictures of Oh yeah, they they, they were yeah. working on it for a couple of months. It was like a chainmail suit or something. I think we I think we're lucky we didn't get him as Batman. So what about Depp in this then? I mean, are we uncomfortable with him with, with uh, these days is there a political correctness side to this where we're uncomfortable with someone like Johnny Depp playing a Native American character? Didn't didn't bother me at all and I think he's talked about the fact that he has Native American ancestry, even if he's not. I think his grandmother was Native American. Mm -hmm. So, but he's also come out and he's going to give a shitload of his money to uh, Native American charities and stuff. I think mm -hmm. to kind of, <laughs> in case he does come in for criticism. I don't know um, if he's if he's slightly Native American. It's it's not as problematic. I think it was it was worse when Ben Kingsley was playing Gandhi. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's that, that's crazy. I don't know. What do you think, Stu? Uh, about him playing a. a this kind of character, yeah. and well, I think it's I, more his rendition of it. I think than that's anything. it. Yeah, that's, that's more. Surely the the way he's made himself up is more culturally <laughs> insensitive than the fact that he's not of that descent. Yeah, I think you're right. It's that but that's the weird. I think that's the thing that I'm not on board with. But this version of Lone Ranger is something that Depp's saying a lot when he's talking about the movie. That it's almost to legitimise. I don't know why he's like. Um, 
justifying it for himself being involved in it. It's like, yeah, we've done a real surreal interpretation of Lone Ranger. Who needs what? that? Yeah. What, what do you need that for? Is he trying to like justify being in that movie to himself though? Like, mm. oh, he used to be a really interesting actor, and then this is a really kind of trippy, surreal version of it. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Stuff's blowing up. And yeah, <laughs> but I, I think the central question is of some films critic proof. I do think they. Are. I think Grown Ups Two is a good example this yeah. year. It's a huge hit. Just because the critics don't find Adam Sandler funny, the public does, yep. particularly in America. Um, with this one, they've just made a film that people weren't interested in, uh, had a bad trailer, too, too long a runtime, and... Well, that's why. You've, you've not made a very good film. <laughs> yeah. And that, you start looking at yourself rather than trying to blame other people. That's right, yeah. and I think And I think the Pirates effect, you know, those last three Pirates movies were big. Fourth one, not so much. And I think people have just gone... You've done, it too, you've done that formula too many times. Yeah, you know what? I've yeah. sat through yeah. too many of these films and I've been in that cinema and I've got bum ache. Yeah. I'm not, not going to do it again. Yeah. Oh, well. Let us know what you think, of course. And yeah, if you've seen Lone Ranger, let us know if yeah. you think it's worth a look because we, we, we can't be bothered. No, <laughs> frankly. You do. I'll watch it when it comes us. out on Blu ray. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, I know I'll get bored half an hour in. I shouldn't say that because I haven't <laughs> seen it yet. But I just, you know, when you get that feeling. Yeah. I, thought I had that feeling with Alice in Wonderland that happened. I had that feeling with Oz the Great and Powerful a bit as well. Like, I just quite like that. IGN <laughs> underscore UK feedback at IGN.com is the email address if you would like to get in touch with us for any reason at all. And uh, James Ward has done exactly that. He's been in touch and he said, Hello, Team IGN. I, probably, I don't know if he says it like that or not. Though. As you were discussing last week, the new Superman and Batman film is on the wonderfully attractive horizon, making life exactly 2,435 times better. With Rocksteady obviously working on a next-gen game, could it be that their next project is Soups versus Bats? Probably not, but it makes me go tingly just thinking about it. Just wondering why, why your thoughts, uh, what your thoughts are on a Superman and Batman game, especially if it came from Rocksteady. Love James Ward, and he sent a big kiss as well. Thanks, James. Um, I think that's very likely. Very likely. I have no insider information, but um, Rocksteady, who make the Arkham games, are based about 30 minutes away from this office. Yeah. Up in Kentish Town, I think. Yes. And I, they've obviously taken this year off from making a Batman game. They're working very hard on a Batman game. But, I mean, the Batman game that's coming out this year is by a Warner Brothers studio in Montreal. They're making Origins, mm-hmm. Arkham Origins. And I think that's because the game that Rocksteady are making is probably going to feed into the bigger Warner Brothers strategy about JLA. Because mm-hmm. they know that they need to educate people, educate them quite quickly about all those other characters. And I think a new Arkham game made by Rocksteady on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One would be an amazing way to sell the idea to a lot of people and educate people about those kind of fringe characters and mm. what they're all about. So I reckon the next Batman game will feature Superman, but I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he also got... I don't know, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, oh, all those kind of characters, which would be pretty amazing. I That's a really exciting game. Yeah, it sounds like a great idea. Next bit is from Richard Pell. I have a question about PS Plus for the PlayStation 4. Sony have said their new console will not be able to play PS3 games. So where does this leave us when it comes to PS4 users getting free games monthly with their PS Plus subscription? It's unrealistic to expect Sony to give free PS4 games away, but with PlayStation Plus being mandatory for online gaming, it seems silly for Sony not to give away anything for free anymore to PS4 users. So just to clarify this, um, if you have a PS Plus subscription, which you need to play online for your PlayStation 4, that subscription will cover all your PlayStation consoles. So if you Mm. keep your PS3, 
and if or if you have a Vita, you'll still that that membership will extend across all those consoles. So you still get the free games on PlayStation Three and Vita. But what Rich is asking is, what do I get for PlayStation Four? So for the first month, Sony said that you'll get Drive Club, yeah, well, which is right. one of the launch titles. You'll yeah. get some version of it. I think it might not be the full game, but it's something you'll get. But what they could also release for PlayStation Four is indie games. We can give them away because they'll they'll be direct downloads. Mm. So you might not get like brand new PlayStation Four games because they're all new from launch. You might get like things like Octodad or Don't Starve or Outbreak and those kind of smaller games. But you might get like a big hamper of digital games to get on your PlayStation Four. That makes it sound very appetizing. Yeah. Well, for forty pounds, you'll have fr- you'll still be able to get all the good free games on your PlayStation Three. Sure. And then maybe in a year's time, you'll start getting full PlayStation 4 games as part of the service, mm. I think. I think we just have to wait a little bit of time, Richard. Mm. Okay. Interesting. That it for feedback? Um, I've got a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is from uh, Cameron McCulloch-Keeble. Uh, now, this is referring to something I think might have been said last week, so I don't know what he's talking about, and it seems slightly surreal. Okay. My name's Cameron, and I'm a long-time listener and first-time emailer. I was listening to the latest podcast where you were discussing hash bacon. Right. Uh, when Keza said, I don't think you can post meat. Oh, that's ha- right. You, yeah, we did say that, yeah. <laughs> um, Cameron says, uh, however, I'd like to respectfully disagree. <laughs> when I was in sixth form, I was hanging around with a friend talking about games outside my old school's finance office when a UPS delivery guy walked past us on his way to said office. We thought nothing of it at the first, as the first two boxes he was carrying were just generic empty exercise book books. However, when we looked at the final package he was carrying, we found it to be labelled meat. We managed to sneak a quick look inside, and it was genuinely just a box of meat. What? I still to this day have no idea why the three women who worked in that tiny office needed a box of what I can only describe to be beef scraps. But I thought you might like to know the story, and it kind of relates to something you've been discussing. Uh, cheers for all the hard work, and hope you're enjoying the new offices. That's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> scraps, scraps of beef. Beef scraps. Three old deers fighting over beef scraps that have been sent to them <laughs> by an admirer. Why? What the fuck? Oh, oh, I don't know, hell. but I want a box of beef scraps. Do you? Yeah, I think our listeners should send us boxes. Don't of say no, that, don't, Christ, don't do no, that. no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Imagine if they sent it to the old address and it just <laughs> stayed with Ken for like two weeks before we got around to picking Jesus. it up. Um, oh, yeah, that's it's a bit stinky. I don't know what it is. I didn't want to open it. It's, oh. it's good to get some clarity on this issue, though, and I will pass that on to Keta as she was the one <laughs> asking. She, she does still want to know. Yeah. Pass it on to the relevant authorities. <laughs> <laughs> Noah says, I was just listening to the podcast 194, and I am, for one, glad that IGN is starting to crack down on the trolls. In the podcast, you asked if we had any ideas on how to make it a better place. Well, I was thinking that you could follow the same path as Riot did in League of Legends, wherein they introduced an honor system which rewarded the players for being cooperative and helpful towards the other players. I'm not sure if it would work, but it might give the IGN community an incentive to get along rather than just punishing the immature fanboys and trolls. Don't we have a form of honor system where you level up for leaving... Good comments and yeah, you can, well if you if you're a good if you're a good active member you can be, even be given mod privileges yeah so you can kind of patrol the kind of comments for IGN on behalf of IGN I really like the idea Noah but at the same time I I feel if you have to incentivize good behaviour it's almost it's not as valuable 
Yeah, it's like giving your kids sweets to behave well. Yeah, or religion. It's like religion. It's like religion, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's the same say. thing, it's just bribery. Um, is that is that what you think religion is? Bribery? It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's being good because you're scared yes. rather than you're being good because you want to be good. Can we can we not get bogged down in this? Next yeah, oh, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh, Here's the thing. As, uh, right? Chris, Chris, but irony, it was Noah's fault. Oh, yeah. Noah. He shouldn't have saved it. The great thing is, of course, oh, because this is a digital podcast, we can't have bonfires in the deep south of people throwing IGN records and that on it. They, <laughs> what are you going to do? Throw iPod, iPods yeah, on it? And smash their iPods. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Screw you guys. Um, but we are still, the whole thing's kind of up for debate and yep. we're looking into it and developing it. Well, um, the, ti- the timing was interesting, wasn't it? I was quite proud that we, we made this stance just before it all kicked off in... On in, Twitter, yeah. Yeah, on Twitter. Like That's where they've gone. <laughs> it's our fault. <laughs> We've driven them off. Oh no! It is a it is a it is a depressing time. I think though, just what, reading generally? the articles and yeah, no, and the, you know the stuff with ask ask whatever it is ask FM and it's just yeah. it's an awful time with the cyberbullying. So, thanks for all your help, everyone. Though that has been helping us out with this on the old comments front. Mm. Good for you. So is that? I think that's the last piece of feedback. What about what's coming out this week, Daniel? Well, I believe there's a game. Just, yeah, it's still it's still in dry season. It's yeah. going to change in a couple of weeks when it all kicks off. But um, Tales of Zillia, which is a um, JRPG that's supposed to be very good. I haven't played it. It's not really my sort of thing. But the review and the video review are both live on IGN, and it got a great score. Ooh. Did it. Um, on the film side of things, there's a movie called The Lone Ranger. Should we talk what? about that? <laughs> Heard nothing about it, mate. Heard nothing about it. I've heard it's supposed to be really good. So yeah. that's coming out. Um, won't be in cinemas for long, I imagine. Uh, another film called Grown Ups 2, which we might have mentioned already. Um, I'm yet to see it. I d- in fact, I don't think they screened it for the critics because I'm pretty sure some people had to pay to see it this morning of my buddies. Wow. Uh, that's a good sign then, isn't it? Well, critic proof though. So, Although Adam Sandler's not quite as big a draw here, is he? No. He's in the States. No. Uh, and finally, uh, the film we should all go and see, Kick-Ass 2. Good fun. Yep. Yeah, well, we've all seen those. Really you can't good. say that, Stuart, because you're embargoed. Am I? <laughs> um, I'm actually in the middle of my review. I'm allowed to post it on Monday night. But um, yeah, well worth a look. And we've got so much Kick-Ass content up on the site and going up from when I went on set. And we had we had um, the director and one of the actors come in and we did a really in-depth interview. Um, and we've done some spoilery stuff. So when you've seen it, Talking about the post-credit sequence to save, stay for the credits. Cool. So yeah, we've got your kick-ass bases covered. <laughs> that's a strange statement. <laughs> All right then. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Write to us. Tell us how much you love us, and don't send us meat scraps. And or do. Oh, well, fine then. Okay. But Jakey, you can deal with that. Jakey. And Peter Capaldi was in Local Hero. And on that bombshell, we'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, 
Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.